0: So just a review of yesterday's session, we talked about sabr, and in particular, Imam uh, Ghazali highlights that sabr or patience is a quality, sorry, it's a characteristic that is only exhibited by human beings. Human beings have an angelic side, and they have a, uh, a side that, uh, an nafsi side, that Tends to our desires. Angels are not ever tempted with anything, so they never have to <coughs> exert patience. Whereas human beings are constantly tempted, and so this, the 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 nafsy side of things is always tested. So that's why human beings can exhibit patience, but not angels because they don't have uh, they don't have the opportunity to ever need or they need to ever exert patience. And then we talked about how uh, there's different levels of patience. So. Or I should say there's different, there's different needs for patients. So there's patience in the uh, setting of when it agrees with your desire. So you're patient on things that Allah Ta'ala has given you that you appreciate. So there's certain things that, for instance, health and comfort or security. These are things that Allah Ta'ala has given you. And we mentioned that in these circumstances, there's also sabr. And that's to be sabr on this blessing and to use it properly, etc. Then we talked about the other category, which is sabr on things that are against our desire. So that includes, for instance, sabr on disobedient acts. Sorry, so holding off on things that are disobedient. We talked about sabr in the face of difficulty when someone challenges you. And then we talked about sabr in the face of uh, difficulties that directly come from Allah Ta'ala and how all of these necessitate sabr. We mentioned that uh, no one is exempted from this. Um, we mentioned that if a person exhibits sabr and patience uh, in this world due to some difficulty to their body, their wealth, their children, then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment will be shy to open up their deeds. Uh, and he be shy, you could say, to judge them. Um, okay, so the next section today that we're gonna cover is shukr, which is gratitude. So Imam Ghazali begins as usual with verses of the Quran, statements of the Prophet Sallallahu and then he there's some commentary. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "Sunnah uh, وقليل من عبادي شكور, and few of my slaves are truly grateful. And لَإن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ If you give thanks, I will surely increase you. And وَشْكُورُوا لِي وَلَا uh, تَكْفُرُونَ Thank me and do not be ungrateful. And وَسَيَجْزِ اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ That Allah Ta'ala will reward the thankful. And مَا يَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ بِعَذَابِكُمْ إِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ وَآمَنْتُمْ What would Allah Ta'ala do with your punishment if you are thankful and believe? The Prophet said, The one who eats and is thankful is equal to the one... Sorry. The one who eats and is thankful is equal with Allah to the one who fasts and is patient. This is a hadith. It's in... Um, as the Prophet said mushakir, as-sabir." That when we're fasting, the person who fasts and is... Um, uh, sorry, the person who eats and is thankful about the food they receive, they're equivalent in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala to the person who... Or they're like in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala to the person who's fasting with patience. So it shows how weighty uh, gratefulness is to Allah Allah's Allah used to cry when praying at night. So Aisha anha said, this is a hadith of Imam Bukhari, Aisha anha said, what makes you cry when Allah Ta'ala has forgiven for you what has preceded and come after of your shortcomings? Right? The Prophet used to cry at night. And if we cry at night, it's usually when we're making du'a to Allah, and we're praying to Allah, and it's because of mistakes that we've made in the past or protection from mistakes that we may make in the future. So this causes us to cry. So when the Prophet Sallallahu would do this, Aisha anha asked her, what is it that you're crying about? You're masoom. you don't make mistakes, You've, you have not sinned, you're protected. So he responded, shall I not be a thankful slave? abdan shakura. Right, this, isn't, this is reason enough for me to shed tears so that I can express my gratitude to Allah, showing that it's more than just lip service. He said, it will be said on the day of resurrection, all those who gave praise abundantly stand, stand up. So a group will stand and a banner will be raised for them and they will enter Jannah. It was asked, who are those who praise abundantly? He replied, those who thank Allah in every condition. He also said, praise is the upper garment of the merciful. So those who praise Allah in every condition, those are people who are very special to Allah Ta'ala. And on the day of judgment, they will enter paradise in this manner. They will be, they'll be called, stand up, they'll stand up and they'll enter Jannah. And you know, people that praise Allah Ta'ala, uh, when it's asked the, the Prophet who who is it that praises Allah abundantly? He said, those who thank Allah in every condition. If you thank Allah in every condition, this is you praising Allah Ta'ala constantly and abundantly. And another hadith of the Prophet said, يدعى إلى الجنة يوم القيامة الذين يحمدون That the first person or the first group of people, you could say, the first person that'll be called to Jannah on the day of judgment, will be that person that praised Allah Taala, يحمدون الله في both in difficulty and in times of ease. So if you're praising Allah in difficulty and in times of ease, then you're basically praising Allah Taala in every situation possible. So by that token, you're also someone who is thankful to Allah Taala in every in every situation. Okay, so now he moves on. The reality of gratitude and that it consists of knowledge, state, and action. Um, this is a theme, right? So Imam Ghazali he'll mention that if in order for you to bring this print this trait into your life, you have to know what it is. You have to have good deep knowledge of it. You have to recognize that there's a state associated with it, and then that that state uh, then has to translate into deeds, because we aren't A religion that's based simply on our belief and our own emotions or our own internal state. We have to translate this into deeds. Okay. Know that gratitude is from among the high stations and that it is higher than patience, fear, asceticism, and all of the stations that were mentioned previously. Okay. So he's saying that so far we've covered tawbah, we've covered uh, khawf, we've covered zuhud, and he's saying that uh, higher than any of these stations is the station of a sabir. Why? He says because they are not sought in and of themselves But rather are desired for something else So the purpose of tawbah there's a secondary objective The goal is not tawbah, there's a secondary objective when you're performing Toba. The khauf in and of itself is not a goal, there's a secondary objective um, And zuhud is not a goal in and of itself, there's a secondary objective. It'll make sense here. He'll say, because they are not sought in and of themselves, but rather are desired for something else, patience is desired in order to overcome whims right we mentioned that you exhibit sabr because you the goal of sabr is so that you can overcome your desire in a particular situation whether it be for obedience or against a sin or exhibiting patience against calamity or difficulty but the purpose of patience is that you can you can uh, you can uh, display it right in those certain situations uh, khawf fear is a whip that drives the fearful to desired praiseworthy, praiseworthy stations we mentioned that the a primary pr- reason to have khawf in your heart of Allah Ta'ala is so that it drives you away from evil because it it encourages you toward good because you'll be worried about disappointing Allah Ta'ala you have a fear for his greatness so you'll shy away from doing things that are sinful um, and uh, and zuhud is a and asceticism is a flight from relationships that preoccupy from Allah Ta'ala so zuhud in a nutshell is Removing your heart from the attachment of other things so that it can be attached to Allah Ta'ala. The goal is that remove distractions of غير الله so that you can be connected to Allah Ta'ala. So all of these have a secondary purpose behind them. So that's why he's saying that this shukr is on a different level. As for gratitude, however, on the, it is a goal in and of itself. It is a goal in and of itself. There is not necessarily a secondary objective that, can be, that needs to be accomplished. For this reason, it does not cease in paradise where there is no repentance, no fear, no patience, and no asceticism. So, so the sabr does not stop in this world. It continues even in Jannah. Whereas tawbah, so he'll say, um, so is there a need for tawbah or repentance in Jannah? No. There's no there's no concept of tawbah in Jannah. Once you read Jannah, you no longer have to ask, apologize to Allah for anything. Okay, is there a need for khawf in Jannah? No, right? لا خوف عليهم ولا يحزنون That when you enter Jannah, there's no fear upon you anymore. You don't have to fear Allah anymore. You're done. Right, you've passed. And is there a need for sabr? No, Jannah is a place where you can get instant gratification. This is the world where you have to exhibit sabr. In Jannah, you want something, you get it. Are there any calamities in Jannah that you have to have sabr for? No, so it's not a quality or a trait that, or even you could say uh, a, it's, it's not a quality or a trait or a characteristic that is a part of Jannah. It doesn't exist there, these other traits. Sabr on the other hand, gratitude is forever in paradise. Shukr is it 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 will also be in Jannah. Hence, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, uh, "Dawahum fiha Subhanaka Allahu wa Tahiyatum fiha Salam wa Aakhir Dawahum an Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin." That uh, that in Jannah, right? Wa Aakhir Dawahum. The last of their prayer will be all praises for Allah, Lord of the worlds. Even in Jannah, we will continue to praise Allah. Even in Jannah, we will continue to praise Allah Ta'ala. Now, there's another verse in the Quran that um it comes when <laughs> when when the people reach people of Jannah are in Jannah, right, this is the overwhelming this is the opinion of the ulama, this is what's referring to. But when they've reached Jannah, so all that rancor and, and hate toward other people is removed from their heart. So when you enter Jannah, you won't even have any ill feelings towards other people. The right? description of Jannah is that there's gardens under, with, underneath which rivers flow. So they're in Jannah now. What will the inhabitants of Jannah say? They say, All praise is due to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala who guided us to this place. And had it not been for His guidance, there's no way we would have been here right now. So, this is being expressed even when you're in Jannah. So, shukr is something that translates even into the afterlife, whereas everything else will stop once this world ends. There's no need to strive toward repentance or tawbah or sabr or, or, or in Jannah. There's no need for any of these. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, you know this by knowing the reality of gratitude or shukr and that it consists of knowledge state and action so he's going to go over it. knowledge of gratitude state of gratitude and action how you translate that into deeds as for knowledge it is a foundation it produces state and state produces action without knowledge you can't re- you can't achieve the state of sabr uh, sorry of shukr they're just so similar in the wording so i'm going to mix them up and they're like one syllable words so Uh, you need to have knowledge once you have knowledge about what sabr entails shukr entails what shukr entails maybe I'll just use the word patience once you have knowledge about what patience entails then you can achieve that state and then with the state you can then translate that into actions Okay, there are three pillars. First is knowledge of the blessing and the one who gives the blessing, along with knowledge that all blessings are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sole bestower of all of them, to whom all means are subject and subordinate. The The realization underpins sanctification, taqdis, and unification, tawheed, for indeed they are part of it. Okay, so this is this this one section is the only dense section. The rest of it will make sense, inshallah. So I'm going to read this and try to explain it, but then we're going to move on if it doesn't make full sense to us. The first level is in realizing faith and sanctification. Thereafter, if you know a sanctified entity and you know that there is no sanctified thing except one, capital one with an O, this is to unify. If you know that everything... So this is a summary statement. If you know that everything in the world exists through that one, meaning Allah, and all is a blessing from Him specifically, then that is a praise, okay? So the point is that, look, shukr boil, boils down to, to this notion that recognize that everything, all blessings are from Allah. If you can accept and appreciate that everything comes from Allah, then that in a nutshell is what shukr is. It's this idea that there is one Allah Ta'ala and everything comes from Allah. So he mentions tawheed and sanctification, which is glorification of Allah, which is taqdees. So then he says, he alluded to this order by saying, whoever says, SubhanAllah, glory be to Allah, has 10 good deeds. Whoever says, La ilaha illallah, that there is no God but Allah, he has 20 good deeds. Whoever says all praises for Allah, Alhamdulillah, he has 30 good deeds. This is because sanctifying, which is subhanallah, and uh, unifying, which is la ilaha illallah, are a part of praise. You take these together and then you reach shukr or hamd, which is praise of Allah. To praise is to sanctify, unify, and more. And these degrees commensurate to this realization. Does that make sense? Okay, we're not gonna spend more time on this. If it hit, it hit. If it doesn't hit, the rest of it. We'll move on inshallah. Know that if you believe that other than Allah has some part in your blessing that has reached you, then your praise is not valid. Your realization and your gratitude are not complete. Okay, so if we attribute blessings to other than Allah, meaning part is from Allah, part is from a human being, part is from Allah, part is from nature, part is from Allah, part is from my own struggle, then our praise is not valid. Our realization and our gratitude are not complete. You are like the one whom a king king grants something, but he thinks that the concern of the uh, uh, of the vizier the vizier has it has a part in the king's giving. Sorry, the vizier has a part in the king's giving, his having it sent to him or its facilitation. So, if you have a king and the king sends you something and he has someone that sends on like a delivery a messenger, right? Uh, a vizier, they call him, or a vizier. Um, vizier, if you, we say vizier, huh? vizier. this is English, yeah, is that what it is, in, uh, vizier? So vizier, means vizier, right, exactly, that's what it is, right, exactly. So uh, if, that, if you think that this, so you th- you're attributing some of this to that person, having it sent to him, or it's facilitation. All of that is to associate a partner in the giving of the blessing and to divide your joy for the blessing between the two of them. If you saw, so what, what he's saying is that Allah Ta'ala will facilitate different means to give that blessing to you. But ultimately it's because of Allah. We don't attribute that blessing to the mechanism or to the means, we attribute it ultimately to Allah. If you say that part of it is from Allah, this blessing, and the other part of it was because of the mechanism Allah used, then we're not attributing it to Allah, we're attributing it part to Allah and part to someone else, and that means that we're not truly grateful to Allah. Okay? He'll give you an example. If you saw that the gift that reached you had the king's signature on it, the king sent you a gift, wrote a letter with it, and the letter the king signed that letter and said, and this is from me. Then that would not detract you from gratitude. You would appreciate that this is from the king. Because you know that the pen is subordinate to him and that it by itself has no part in the blessing. Somebody if if, if you see that if you see the signature and you say, Oh, you know, I'm gonna give ninety parts thanks ninety parts of my thanks to the king and ten percent to the pen, okay, so you're attributing it to the pen, not to the king. You wouldn't think that. Well you'd say the signature is a king's signature, that's it. Right? This pen, if anything, is subordinate to the king. The blessing came from the king anyway. Um, Hence your heart does not turn to rejoicing for the pen and thanking it Likewise, it is not turned to the treasurer or the manager Since you know, the wazir that you, Since you know that they are subordinate and bound to give after the command You recognize that this person is only doing it by the instruction of the king So uh, this person is subordinate to the king Ultimately this blessing came from the king By themselves, they have no part in the blessing By themselves, they, would have, they play no role They play no role um, okay, let's give an example. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you wealth, right? So now you've been given wealth, and you begin to think, well, what are the reasons that I've been given this blessing of wealth? And you could say that, you know what, it's because of Allah that Allah's Allah given me wealth. But you know what, it's actually partly also due to my work. You know, the place I work, it's because of them. Um, the reality is that we attribute it all to Allah. Now Allah Ta'ala used your workplace as a mechanism to get you that But the reality is it's from Allah, not from from work Okay, Allah Ta'ala gave you, let's say children And you say, oh, okay, the reason I have children is because of my wife or my husband, right, depending on the circumstance Uh, The reason I have Allah is because of my wife and thanks to my wife because of her I wouldn't have had children Uh, Or vice versa, right, you know, if Allah Ta'ala doesn't give you children And sometimes you blame the other person, it's my spouse's fault, she can't have kids, he can't have kids So then you place blame on the other person as well But if you recognize that this is from Allah and Allah alone and people are just simply a means then we attribute everything to Allah both good and in this case even a difficulty as well so there's a lot of wisdom in this, attributing everything to Allah, that Allah Ta'ala gave me children, it's not the result of my spouse, it's from Allah and Allah alone. And if Allah doesn't give me children, I don't have to put blame on my spouse either because it's from Allah to begin with. You know, whether my spouse is, is fertile or not fertile, it's not going to mean anything if Allah Ta'ala chooses not for me to have children. That's it, that's the bottom line, it's a blessing from Allah. Okay, so this you can apply this to anything: wealth, kids, health. You can say that oh, the reason I'm so healthy is because uh, uh, it's because of my physician who's who's taking such good care of me. No, it's because of Allah. The physician is the mechanism that Allah Taala is using, but your attribution will be to Allah. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't thank the mecan- the means, right? So, for instance, if, if there is I don't know if, if 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 someone does something that's beneficial to you, somebody uh, at, you know, somebody gives you a job. You don't just say, oh, you know what? You had nothing to do with this. This is from Allah. You know, forget you. You know, if, if someone, uh, let's say, uh, you know, your physician, for instance, you know, takes care of you. And you say, you know what? To be honest, you have no role in this. <laughs> this is from Allah. I don't even know why, why you even need to be here. <laughs> you know, no, but the Prophet Wasallam <laughs> said, and this is what's so beautiful. And if you understand this concept, you'll understand this hadith. In which the Prophet ﷺ said, Man If you don't thank people, then it's as if you're not thanking Allah. So, this tells us two things. Number one, it's from the Sunnah to thank people. You can't ignore it and say that these blessings are from Allah, so I'm going to only thank Allah and not thank people because why would the Prophet have said this? Why would he have exhibited this himself? He used to thank people. So by th- so, number one, you have to thank people, it's a sunnah. But then he says, The reality is that if you're thanking people, ultimately what you're actually doing is you're thanking Allah. And if you're not thanking people, what you're actually doing is not thanking Allah. So, it only makes sense in this context. It only makes sense in this context. Okay. Okay, he whose insight has been opened is like this. He knows the sun, the moon, and the stars are subordinate to the command of Allah, just like the pen and the paper and the ink are for signing. Likewise, he or she knows that the hearts of creation are the treasures of Allah, the keys to which are in Allah's hands. He opens them, meaning Allah Ta'ala, by exerting upon them, meaning the people whose hearts have this uh, have the treasure in them, the needs of the treasure keepers, such that one believes, for example, that his best interest lies in spending, and with that he when with that he cannot leave spending. Thus he is compelled to choose owing to the needs of choice that are exerted upon him. One surely does not give you Okay, so let's let's take a step back. What he's saying, Al Ghazali is saying, is that everything is subordinate to Allah, even the hearts of other people are subordinate to Allah. So if someone is going to do good to you, or benefit you, give you money, give you wealth, give you whatever, give you happiness, give you give you thanks, it's going to be because Allah Ta'ala has the keys to their heart. And when He turns that key and allows the treasure of their heart to open up to you, then you're going to benefit as well. But it's not that person doing in and of himself. No one will be able to benefit you except that Allah Ta'ala puts in their heart that they can benefit you. So ultimately, where is our thanks going to go to? It's going to go to Allah Ta'ala for for training their heart to do so. I use the example of a physician before, right? I mean, if if, 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 a, if a physician operates on you, there's a possibility that it's gonna go bad, wrong. There's a possibility it's gonna go well. It's up, ultimately up to Allah Ta'ala. So we attribute it to Allah that, Ya Allah, thank you, because you opened up this, you, open, you put in the heart or you put in the mind of this physician the right procedure or the right technique in order to benefit me ultimately. Okay, so it's in Allah Ta'ala's control. He says, thus he is compelled to choose owing to the needs of choice that are exerted upon him One surely does not give you anything except for their own interest, Whether to gain some reward in, this, in the world to come, earn some, uh, uh, earn, earn some benefit Or mention here and now or other than that Meaning when people benefit you, there's always a secondary gain on their part, right? So for instance, if I'm, let's say, um, uh, let's say I'm a masjid volunteer, right? And I'm serving the masjid ultimately I'm getting some benefit by serving the masjid and serving you that benefit could be in the form of I'm doing this because I want Allah to reward me the purpose of that he's doing it is because he wants to be rewarded I'm doing this because maybe some other reason I'm doing this because I want people to see me his reward is going to be coming from people I'm doing this because I will feel good about myself that means that this is benefiting the person who's helping which means we can't ever rely on the person that's helping because there's always a secondary benefit they get something out of it as well But Allah Ta'ala on the, on the other hand when He gives something when He benefits us He gets nothing in return absolutely nothing not even a, a feel good moment Allah doesn't need that He doesn't get anything Does He get rewarded for helping us? He doesn't get rewarded He doesn't need reward He's the one that rewards Does He get satisfaction? He doesn't need satisfaction He's satisfied whether we exist or we don't exist Does He get uh, anything any way shape or form benefit the things that he gives us. He gives us wealth, he gives us children, family, security, peace, health. He does not benefit in any way, shape or form, whereas people will benefit. So what Imam Ghazali is trying to highlight is that everything is subordinate to Allah. If they were not subordinate to Allah, then people would be able to do things with no secondary objective or motivation, but that is impossible, it's against human nature. What does that mean? That means that we attribute all of our things to Allah because Allah Ta'ala has no secondary motivation. Making sense? Partly? Um, So he was using the example of someone who spends on you right? Somebody gives you wealth Let's say it's your workplace or you're in need And somebody gives you sadaqah Or somebody gives you a, a gift and they spend on you The only one who bestows blessings Is he who subordinated him by exerting these needs over him if it wasn't that Allah Ta'ala changed that person's heart and opened up their spending to you, you wouldn't actually receive that blessing. And settled in his conscience the idea that his interest depends on paying and giving. It actually serves his interest to give you money, not even your interest. Okay? It serves that person's interest, be it reward in this life, reward in the hereafter, self-you know, gratification, whatever it may be. It serves his interest, but it was Allah that allowed. Uh, To put that in that person's heart so that that person could actually give you whatever he needs to give you Okay If you know this Then you are a unifier Muwahid And gratitude is conceivable conceivable from you Meaning Muwahid meaning that you attribute everything to the oneness of Allah that's what it means. If you can appreciate this fact that nothing comes from people and everything comes from Allah and everything else is subordinate to Allah and is simply a tool Allah uses to give me blessings that means I'm able to unify everything together into this one concept of Tawheed that Allah Ta'ana is in charge and he is alone and he needs no assistance whatsoever. Indeed, this realization is the very meaning of gratitude. Okay? If you can appreciate that Allah is one and everything comes from Allah then this in and of itself suffices. This is how you express gratitude to Allah. This this realization in and of itself is shukr. Recognizing that everything is from Allah. Okay, so it gives an example. Musa said in his du'as, supplications, my God, you created Adam with your hand and acted and acted. How did he thank you? Musa was asking Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala responded, he knew that that was from me and that realization was gratitude. He knew that that was from me. Knowing that everything is from Allah is the highest point of gratitude. Knowing that everything is from Allah and attribution of everything to Allah is gratitude. Does that make sense? Okay. The second pillar, so we talked about knowledge. So now we have an understanding of why we need to have shukr, what it means to have shukr as well. So now how do we achieve that state? The second pillar is the state invested through knowledge which is happiness due to the bestower of blessings along with an attitude of subservience and reverence Okay, he gives an example Whoever is sent a horse by a king It is conceivable that he or she rejoices over it from three aspects So let's say you're now given a gift Let's put this somewhat into practice You're given a gift by Allah Or you're given a gift by some leader, right? So in this case, he's saying that you're given a horse. There's three reasons that you could rejoice and be happy over this. The first, because he benefits from the horse, you can be happy if you, let's say that you have a new car. You could be happy because, oh, I have a new car. You know, I'm just happy because of, because of the object itself. A vehicle, a home, a child. Okay? I'm happy because of the object. The second is because he infers from it that the king is concerned about his affairs. You know what? I only got this because Allah actually cares about me. He must care about me, that's why I have this. Uh, The king cares about me, that's why he's thinking of me. And that he will give him something greater. Meaning, um, this is a sign from Allah, kind of a thing. This is a sign from the king, this is a sign from the leader, whatever the gift is. the third is because the horse will be a mount for him so that he may travel to the king and serve him okay so the first is that you are happy simply because of the object you're happy because let's give you an example of a a job you have a, uh, you know you've been given a you land a new your first position you could be happy because oh now i have a new job and this can help kickstart my career i'm thrilled about it and usually we share this news with everybody because we're so happy that this is now this is going to be my launch pad and from here I'm going to you know, do this and do that and climb and and, and, uh, the ladder of whatever work place I'm in so you're happy because of the object, the job itself the second (coughs) is that you thank Allah because you say that Ya Allah, you included me in this, in the blessings so you're appreciating that Allah Ta'ala thought about you when he was distributing his ni'am. okay So now you're happy because you were thought about by Allah. The highest state, however, is that you think that, oh, alhamdulillah, Allah has now given me this job. Now because of this job, I can actually serve Allah the way He wants me to serve Him. Because of this job, I now get money. And because of this money that I can have, I can actually give sadaqah. I've been wanting to serve Allah in this way. Because of this job, I can now have a set schedule. And because I can have a set schedule, it'll be easier for me to come to the masjid for salah and not be uh, random because of this job I can now spend 8 hours of the day uh, focused and that's 8 hours of the day where I won't be able to sin Thank you Ya Allah So this is the high, this is the pinnacle of gratitude It's not that you're just thinking you're not happy because of the object which is the job You're not happy simply because Allah included you and chose to give you a blessing. You're happy because Allah gave you a blessing that you will now use to serve Him properly. That's the pinnacle of shukr. Okay? Perfect gratitude is for joy to be over what... Okay, hold on. Um, So then Imam Ghazali says, The first, which is rejoicing over the object itself. Imam Ghazali says, The first has nothing to do with gratitude. Right? Being happy over the object itself has nothing to do with shukr. Okay, for it is happiness for the blessing and not for the giver of the blessing. You're happy that now you can kickstart your career and you can now uh, show people that you have a degree or because it's just your own self, you know, you've been trying, trying, trying for so long and nothing happened and now you got it and now you're happy. Mamo Ghazali says there's no, there's no role for gratitude here. This is just uh, your own whatever, you know, you're trying to get into graduate school. Now you get, now you, now you, uh, get accepted. All right, you get that acceptance letter and you rejoice And you say, I got it, I got it, I got it And you post it online and everybody sees it You tell everybody about it And you're thrilled merely because you got in There's no shukr involved in that So there's no gratitude Okay um, So perfect perfect gratitude. sorry The first has nothing to do with gratitude For it is happiness for the blessing and not the giver of the blessing You're not saying, you're not attributing this blessing to Allah So there's no gratitude involved the second is included in gratitude, meaning the second, which is that you're attributing things to Allah. It is included in gratitude. It's okay to be in this middle state. The th- uh, however, it is weak in relation to the third. Okay, what's the third? Which was what we just mentioned. Perfect gratitude is for joy to be over what Allah Taala has opened up from His blessings, not over the blessing for the sake of it being a blessing. Okay. So you're grateful to Allah because of this blessing, Allah's opened up so many doors to me to now actually serve Him. It's not, Ya Allah, thank you so much for this blessing because this is what I've been wanting for so long. There's a distinction. We often thank Allah because we're happy that He's given us something that we've been wanting for a long period of time. That's not real shukr. Real shukr is, is being grateful to Allah because He's given you something that you can now use to actually serve Him properly. That's true shukr. Um, Rather, it should be for the sake that it is a means to Allah for through this, for through His blessings, righteous deeds are completed. The sign of this is that a person is not happy with any blessing that distracts him from the remembrance of Allah. Rather, he is sad about it, but he rejoices over the preoccupation with the world and its excess from which Allah Ta'ala has turned him away. This is the most perfect form of gratitude. You know... Um, this is the most perfect form of gratitude that those things that are are in your life that you realize take you toward Allah that makes you rejoice and those things that are that you have in your life that actually take you away from Allah you become saddened over it if this is your emotional state then you're actually grateful to Allah because you recognize that whatever you have if it takes me to Allah wonderful, I'm happy, I rejoice if it takes me away from Allah this is a problem you know, once um, I, a few years ago I had uh, like a smartphone, and you know, you would think that you know, if I have something that, and back then maybe it was a bigger deal than it is now, not everybody has it, but at that time it was kind of a bigger deal to have it, and I was like, "Well, you no, know, this is amazing, you know, object is a blessing, and being able, thank you Allah for giving this to me, but I quickly realized that this was actually serving as like a major distraction for me from Allah, so then I had actually downgraded to a flip phone and some people do this, a downgrade, not a slider phone, one of those cheap little ones they don't even make them anymore, it's hard to find them actually but uh, that, so that was actually turning back a blessing from, a, returning back a blessing or you could say, returning back something from Allah in, in exchange for something that you could say is less valuable right, but the reason that you make that step is because you recognize that the former which has more quote-unquote value in terms of blessing was actually taking me away from Allah and the latter has quote-unquote less value but it was actually bringing me closer to Allah right, Is so that's why the Prophet when we gave the hadith like two days ago uh, when the Prophet was praying and he had these like uh, he had these new sandals, that he had a pair of sandals that had distracted him from Allah and immediately after he prayed he chose to give those sandals to someone who was more in need right, this was shukr to Allah okay, so Uh, Rather, he's sad about it and he rejoices over the preoccupation with the world and its excess from which Allah Ta'ala has turned him away. This is the most perfect gratitude. Whoever cannot do this should do the second. So the highest level is to be thankful to Allah Ta'ala that he's opened up the door for more more obedience to him. But if you cannot reach that state, then at least express gratitude to Allah Ta'ala because it came from Allah. Okay, so it's one thing, let's say that we, we, we mentioned that uh, if you get a new job, if you land a job, let's use an example of you get into graduate school, you get that letter. Okay, definitely just rejoicing over the fact that you got in is not, is not good enough. That's not gratitude. Okay, the highest would be that you rejoice in the, Ya Allah, thank you for this opportunity to get into graduate school Because now through this, I will be able to do X, Y, and Z things for your sake This is the pinnacle of gratitude But not everybody can achieve this state So the middle tier, which is okay to have Is that, Ya Allah, thank you for letting me get into graduate school This is from you and you alone It's the middle tier okay? And it's okay to have this If you can't achieve the third Okay. So, so far we've talked about knowledge We've talked about state And now is going to talk about uh, deeds Okay, how you translate this into action. The third pillar is deeds, which is that a person uses his or her blessings for those things that are beloved to him, meaning to Allah, and to not disobey him. Nor does... uh, nor, Nor... no one does this except someone who knows Allah Taala's wisdom in the whole of His creation and why He created everything. An explanation for this is, would take too long, and we would we have already mentioned this in a portion of the revival al ihya which we mentioned at the beginning al ihya al-mudin. al al-mudin is a very comprehensive. That has de- everything we're covering. This is like a super summary, like a very basic dumbed-down version for the common person, right? And if this is too high-level for us, then you know it, it shows. Uh, how we are in comparison to the people that came before. Ihya' is a lot deeper, more extensive. Imam Ghazali is saying, I can't get into that right now. If you want to, refer to that text. In summary though, he's going to give a summary for us, Alhamdulillah. It is to know, for example, that his eye is a blessing from Allah. So gratitude for it is by using it to read the Book of Allah and scholarly books, to look at the heavens and the earth in order to take lessons from them, to venerate the Creator and by covering every fault that he sees from Muslims Okay, so how do we express gratitude for the eye? One thing is to say that, oh, I'm so happy that I have vision, look, everybody around me, that there are people in the world that are blind, I have vision, this is fantastic, right? There's no gratitude expressed there, there's no way you can translate that into action, so there's no reward there for that emotion or that experience. Okay, the next state is that you say that Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has given me a vision and other people had not been given that, they're blind. That's the middle tier of gratitude. The highest station of gratitude is that Allah Ta'ala has given me uh, an eye and um, you actually use that eye for the purpose of drawing closer to Allah. So he says for example, you realize that the eye is a blessing and you use that eye to recite the Quran. So it's one thing to, for lip service, that you tell Allah I'm so thankful ya Allah that you gave me vision this is from you and you alone that's that has it that's that's that plays a role but the highest would, you don't even have to make that statement to Allah you just have to use your eyes to read Quran and that is the highest form of shukr you use your eyes to look at the heavens and draw closer to Allah you look at the eye and look at uh, Uh, you read other books that are scholarly and that'll take you to Allah. Okay, so that's the highest form of shukr for the eye. Okay, to the ear. It is to use one's ear to listen to remembrance and what is of benefit in regards to the afterlife and to turn away from listening to vulgar language and prattle. It is to use, so that's the ear. The highest form of shukr of the ear that Allah Ta'ala has given you isn't just to say, Ya Allah, thank you for my ear, but it's to actually use that ear as a means of pleasing Allah Ta'ala, to listen to those things that are pleasing to Allah, to surround yourself by those things that are pleasing to Allah, but and on, and on the other hand, protect yourself from those things that are displeasing Allah Ta'ala. It is to use the tongue for the remembrance of Allah, and to, uh, and to praise Him by showing gratitude to Him without complaining. Whoever is asked about his condition and complains is disobedient because he has complained about the King of Kings, To a lowly slave who is incapable of doing anything. But if he praises him, he is obedient. So, the tongue, how do you do shukr of the tongue? Right? The best way to do shukr of the tongue is to do the dhikr of Allah. That's the maximal way of, that's the way to maximize on expressing gratitude to Allah. As for the heart's gratitude, we said eye, ear, tongue. How can the heart be grateful to Allah? It is by using it in contemplation, remembrance, and realization. Using the heart to engage in Allah's remembrance, to use the heart to reflect upon Allah, to reflect upon Allah, His creation, His greatness, His mastery, to reflect upon uh, the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam. Using the heart for this purpose is true gratefulness to Allah. You know, it's kind of like, um, uh, let's say that uh, someone, you have children someone gives your children your child you have a say you have a son and someone uh let's put it this way you have a friend that person has a son and you gift that person son. you want to so give somebody a gift so you give that person's son a new pair of clothes okay so that child has two options let's not even use son let's say you have a close friend you give that friend a pair of clothes okay you give that p- friend a pair of clothes Now, there's three options that person has. They could be mesmerized by the clothing itself, right? This is great, this is fantastic. Okay, the second tier would be that person saying thank you, you know, because of you, uh, I have this new pair of clothes. So you thank that person directly, you attribute attribute the clothing to that person. But what would be the highest way, what would make that person feel the best, right, the giver of the gift? How would you really make that person feel happy? what would you have to do? Wear it. Wear it in front of them. It's actually from the, This is actually from, from our teachings too, that when someone gives you a gift, you should actually use it. Somebody gives you clothes, you should wear it in front of that person. Why? Because that's where you really feel happy, right? That's where you really, you know, you give somebody like a, says you buy someone a, you, a, a new coat, and you never, you don't know what happened to that coat. You've never seen it, the person could have given it away, they could have given it to another friend, It's a gift that just keeps giving, you know, it goes elsewhere, they donate it in charity, you know, you, you always wonder, like, man, I wonder if they actually liked what I gave them. I mean, maybe I've never seen them even use it before. But then, when you wear that coat in front of them, or you wear that coat in general, then they're like, wow, you know, th- I, th- that makes you feel very appreciative, right? It shows that this person actually cared. So the same thing is with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as well. When Allah Taala gives you a blessing, you either just get mesmerized over the blessing and never actually use it for any real purpose, or you. Thank Allah Ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, thank you for giving this to me Or you say, Ya Allah, thank you so much that I'm actually going to use this in the way you would want me to use it I actually apply it, I wear it You know, if... Uh, uh, anyway, this is actually a way to... Uh, this is, there's a whole science of gift giving, right? And it's from the sunnah of the Prophet to give <coughs> gifts But one of the ways by which you show appreciation for that gift I should say, the best way to show appreciation for a gift that someone gives you Is to actually use that gift and let it be known to that person that you're using that gift Right? But if you just keep it or hide it in a closet and it never comes out Then you really are not appreciating what that person's given you So, if you want to appreciate the eyes that Allah's given you? Then look at those things that Allah, will make Allah Ta'ala happy You want to appreciate the ears Allah's given you? Listen to those things that will make that, you know, make it happy Now, let's say that uh, you give a person a new uh, pair of clothes, right? And uh, the next time uh, you go to their house You notice that they're using it as a floor mat to walk in the door How would that make you feel, right? You'd be like, oh my God. Not only you become frustrated, and you decide, you know what? I'm never giving this person anything again. So how about with Allah? Allah Ta'ala gives you a blessing, right? He gives you eyes, and then you use it to look at something that's inappropriate, right? In person or online. Why would Allah Ta'ala give you any more blessings? لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ You're grateful to Allah, and Allah will give you more. Allah Ta'ala gives you ears, and you decide to listen to things that are inappropriate, right? And it's basically like the example that you take. Someone gives you a new pair of uh, new pair of clothes, and you just use it as a doormat. And this is us disobeying Allah. Allah Taala gives you a tongue, and you decide to use it instead of remembering Allah. You decide to use that as a way of backbiting and cheating and lying and deceiving people. Why would Allah Taala you know give you any more blessings? He doesn't have any. I mean, if you want Allah Taala to increase you in your blessings, then you have to be thankful for His blessings. And the best way to be thankful for the blessing is what? The third tier is what? actually use that blessing for something that's pleasing to him make sense okay so I think we'll uh... Um... okay so we'll finish up in just a few minutes inshallah we're almost done okay (laughs) So as for the heart's gratitude, it is by using it in contemplation, remembrance, and realization. Having a good opinion of the creation of Allah. So if you use your heart to think negatively of other people, and Allah has given you this heart, and this, He's given you a mind, He's given you a heart, and you're not going to use that toward thinking evil about other people or other creation of Allah. You know, whether they believe in Allah or don't believe in Allah, and you're, that's all that your mind is, is spending time on, right? That's you, you know, using, that's like a doormat example. But the heart is supposed to be used for contemplation and reflection upon Allah and to be used so that you think positively about other people, not negatively about other people. So if you want more from Allah, then this is what you have to do with your heart. Uh, If you want Allah Ta'ala to fill your heart with more nur, then you can only have positive uh, ideas in the mind and in your heart about other people. the same applies to the arm the leg and all other body he says the same applies to the arm the leg and all other body, body parts as well as wealth countless other things besides you you, know, you can the examples are going to be limitless right you could take wealth whatever it might be you could take wealth right if allah taala gives you wealth and you choose to spend it on those things that are um, that are deceptive or those things that would be displeasing to allah allah taala has you're potentially restricting yourself from getting more wealth you're definitely not showing great gratitude toward allah taala okay the next section We'll wrap up inshallah Those who are incapable incapable of perfect gratitude Know that the, one, uh, the only one for whom perfect gratitude is possible Is he whose heart Allah Ta'ala has to Islam Has opened up to Islam And thus is upon light from his Lord He sees the wisdom, the secret And what is beloved to Allah in everything As for a person whom this has not been unveiled He must follow the sunnah and the limits of the sacred law within them are the secrets <laughs> of gratitude. Okay. So what Muhammad is saying is that like not everyone's going to get this. Okay? Not everyone's going to be able to achieve the pinnacle of shukr, sabr, tauba, etc. This isn't for everyone. But and so he's saying that if you can't achieve that that high state then this is why we also this is why we have the sunnah and we have the sharia. Like this is our guide, right? So we know. So he gives an example. He should know that if we were to look at an unrelated woman for example So a mahram He has been ungrateful for the blessing of the eye The blessing of the sun And every blessing without which looking would not be possible Indeed Okay, so what he's saying is that Look, Allah Ta'ala has done a couple of things One is that you use your eye So that you can please Allah Ta'ala That's the ultimate form of shukr But you know, maybe that's not for everyone Okay, so that's what we have the sunnah and the sharia And the sunnah and the sharia say that You know what? You, you, you can't look uh, you know, with, a, with desire at the opposite gender we've cut that door it's shut for you okay now there's two ways to approach this one is that you know what the sunnah and the sharia say that you know i can't i'm not supposed to do this so i'm going to hold myself back from doing it but if you want to achieve the pinnacles of deen uh, and this is what the spiritual sciences teach us that okay what is why is it that allah ta'ala is restricting us to begin with you know what is it that? Uh, why is it that Allah Taala is putting these restrictions on us? If you can appreciate the reasons behind these or the wisdoms behind these, then you'll experience deen in a completely different way. It's no longer about laws and regulations and rules and do's and don'ts and halal and haram. There's far more to it than that. There's an experience that that uh, that is motivational. So he says. Um, Indeed vision is incomplete without the eye and sunlight And the sun is incomplete without the heavens Thus it is as if he is ungrateful for the blessings of Allah And the heavens and the earth Okay so what he's saying is that For every blessing Allah Ta'ala has given you There's so much more to that blessing than just what's right before you So for instance last night we had uh, Maybe this morning there was rice for dinner Think about that each individual grain of rice and We think about okay this is a blessing It's food it came from Allah But what was required in order for it to get to you? The sun was required in order for it to grow, that's a blessing from Allah. Water was, re- irrigation was required in order for that, uh, for, for it to grow, that was a blessing from Allah. But what was water made of? It's a combination of hydrogen and oxygen molecules that had to come together in this perfect form, that's a blessing from Allah. The science of chemistry is a blessing from Allah because without that there wouldn't be water, without water we wouldn't be able to grow this grain of rice. Okay, there had to have been a servant of Allah or a creation of Allah somewhere in the world, somewhere maybe in another part of the world, that actually put in effort in order to, uh, uh, to till the soil, to harvest it. The rice, okay, that person was a blessing from Allah, okay, the ground itself that was required for that grain of rice to grow, that was a blessing from Allah, then that, gr- that rice had to be harvested, maybe the use of animals, animals are a blessing from Allah, then, the, then that rice had to be transported across the world, okay, so then how many people were involved in that transportation, those people are blessings from Allah, the plane or the ship or whatever it came by. That Those those vessels are, are, are blessings from Allah But those vessels had to be created by some engineer So that engineer was a blessing from Allah The metal that was used in order to create that vessel That required uh, certain chemical elements that only came from Allah And then once it finally reached, you know, here, somebody had to unload it off the truck or have to unload it off the ship, that person is a blessing from Allah The air that that person had to breathe in order to be able to function that day and work to unload that ship That was a blessing from Allah And then the gas that was required for that truck to bring it to your local store you know, where did that gas come from? That was a blessing from Allah And then finally when it got to that store and somebody had to unload it, right? They had to stock it on a shelf or bag it and put it on a shelf Well, the bag has its own chemistry, the shelf has its own chemistry Those things can only occur because of Allah And then finally, uh, you know, all the people that, that put in an effort into cooking the rice All of the blessings that went in for that person to be able to cook The air they had to breathe, the clothes they had to wear The uh, eyes they had to use in order to see the uh, the, the, the physical motor energy required in order for them to actually cook it these all occurred because of Allah so each individual blessing has about 20 degrees of blessing within it so if you were to begin to contemplate on these blessings you would be begin to think like wow if I was to use my eyes or let's say if I was to use my mind to think and contemplate over that I would be lost in the remembrance of Allah but if on the other hand if I was to use my eyes to look at something inappropriate... No, let me put it this way. So, the motivation to reflect upon that and use your mind or use your eyes for that purpose is enough motivation for you to not want to use your eyes for the disobedience of Allah. Right? That, that's the motivation to follow the sunnah and the Sharia. But if you're just a person who just goes by strict laws and I, Islam says do this and Islam says do that and I, you know this is halal and this is haram and it's just a bunch of rules and regulations and you're never going to enjoy deen. But if you can appreciate the blessings that are involved in every single ruling that Allah has given us we'll really appreciate deen. Okay, let's... Um, we'll wrap up inshaAllah. I don't want to... There's, there's many examples um, I'll just read what he says Righteous people, the salihin, They stop at the limits and do not know their secrets They stop at the limits of the deen Like the deen says, you can't do this, you can't do that They stop there People that have righteousness, that follow the sunnah and the sharia They stop there When the Gnostics, the arifin They look at the secrets within themselves And witness the truth of the sacred law Light is increased manifold Light is increased manifold. They're experiencing Dean in a different way than the rest of the community is. So part of the reason that we're covering this isn't because the expectation is that we're all gonna be able to inculcate all of these things. It's twofold. One is that it gives us an appreciation of the, uh, uh, it gives us an appreciation of the pinnacles of Dean. If we don't know what the target is, We'll never actually be able to get toward that target, even if we never reach that target. You have to know the target in order to begin to make strides toward the target. So that's number one. The other thing is that it makes us appreciate how deep our Dean really is. There's more to it than just laws and regulations and do this and follow this and don't follow that. And that's what we've made Dean for, especially the, the next generation. This is what de- they think Dean is it's just a bunch of you can't do this and you can't do that. How is that appealing? You know? If we want to keep people on deen, then we have to... We have to. We, th- these are the things that we need to talk about. Because these are experiences in deen that really right. allow a person to taste deen properly. It creates excitement for deen. You know, when you think about... Uh, the, When you think about everything that you can do with your ears, why would you want to do anything that you couldn't... that would disobey Allah Ta'ala with your ears? When you think about the blessing that's in- involved in uh, wealth reaching you, why would you want to... Use your wealth in a way that was disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't want to do it because you're now more passionate about it than if you were with just rules and regulations. I think we'll have to stop, inshallah. Um, I'll just read this last section. Allah Ta'ala's signs are His wisdom in His creation. And they have been mentioned to the creation on the tongues of the Prophets salam just as they have been detailed from the first to last in the summation of sacred law. There is not a single one of the limits of sacred law but that it has a secret, a special property, and a wisdom. This is beautiful, the way he says this. Whoever knows it, knows it. And whoever is ignorant of it, just denies it. You either know it or you don't know it. Right? Now, there's ways to come to it, but you either know it or you don't know it. If you want to follow, if you want to just go by the, 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 uh, the law, you can do that. But if you want to experience more special properties and wisdoms behind it, then whoever knows it, knows it. Um, the full explanation of this would be long, so seek it from the book of gratitude, Kitab al-Shukr. Complete gratitude is inconceivable is inconceivable for someone who stands for Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la alone sincerely and without any ulterior desire for other than him. We shall therefore mention sincerity and truthfulness, ikhlas and sidq. the next section which inshallah we'll cover tomorrow so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to be truly appreciative of him and all the blessings he's bestowed upon us may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst make make us servants that are grateful to him such that he continues to replenish whatever blessings he's given to us and he increases us in those things may allah ta'ala allow us to recognize the beauty behind each blessing he's given to us and make it a means for us to serve him rather than turn against him may allah ta'ala draw us closer to him through the words of our scholars, Ya Allah, through the words of our mashayikh. And then Ya Allah, we ask uh, from you Ya Allah that you grant us these special high stations of deen uh, that really have just become memory in today's day and age. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to appreciate the works of our scholars. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve the works of Ma'wazali rahimahullah and reward him uh, for the sacrifices that he made uh, for our deen so that we could benefit uh, from from it a thousand years later. Wa akhrad awana alhamdulillahi rabbil